Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. I'm going to be reading from uh, John chapter 8, if you'd like to turn there. We'll read that in a moment. Before I begin, before I read that, let, let, me, let me give you a little insight. What are we going to be studying, Pastor? Why in the world are you going to do a series entitled Lies? Well, I believe this series is probably going to give you as much help and freedom and insight about what's going on in your life as anything that I could teach you. Because lies are Satan's number one strategy against your life. I find that when, when, when I'm listening to people, praying with people, counseling with people, if there's anything Satan has been effective at doing, it's lying to people. The lies that say you're never going to make it. The lie that says you've been away from God too long. The lie that says you've gone too far. The lie that says you're not appreciated. The lie that says nobody uh, knows who you are. The lie that says your life has no value. The lies of Satan. Those things he's whispered in your ears. Planted in your mind. Can bring such a perspective of life. Hear what I'm about to say. Can so bring such a perspective and a view of life. That you literally begin to filter Everything you hear through the strategy of his lies. Have you ever heard the the saying, perception becomes reality? There are a lot of people today whose life is better than they think it is. You are loved by more people than you think you are. You are healthier than you think you are. You have more opportunities than you think you have. But if we allow Satan's strategy of lies... To intimidate us and set the course of our life, we will never really see everything God has planned. It's his most effective weapon, really. It's, it's the fir- Listen to this. It's the first strategy he chooses when he tries to derail your life. See, if Satan cannot keep you from serving Christ, he would sure like to limit the blessing that's waiting for you there. There are a lot of Christians who love Jesus, who've been forgiven of their sins... That the Bible calls you righteous, that you can stand before him with confidence. But because of the lies that we've accepted, we never feel like God hears us. We even coin religious phrases. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, every time I pray, my prayers just hit the ceiling and bounce back. Lie. You know, have you ever heard someone say, well, you know, uh, who am I for God to answer prayer? Lie. You understand that? And it goes on and on. So we need to understand these things. In fact, of all the aftermath, collateral damage of the fall of man in Genesis, the lies of Satan may be one of the most destructive things we encounter. It's also, if you think about it, we're going to go there in a moment. It was the very first thing Satan did to steal, kill, and destroy is that he began to effectively lie to the people of God. So we need to learn some things here, okay? Let's go to John chapter 8 and verse 44. We might as well see who the devil really is, amen? And let's find out how his strategies work against us. How many are ready to have some freedom in your life? Amen. How many are ready to go to some new places in your journey with God? All right, let's look at John 8, 44. This is as clear as, as we can make this. Jesus, now, boy, the strong message here. 
he was in a conversation, let us say, with religious leaders who were attacking him for just bringing the good news of the kingdom. And, and he, he said some pretty strong things. In fact, i got to tell you this. If Jesus were a pastor or a teacher or a speaker in the Western church today, he would be blackballed by 85% of Christianity. Okay? So, so it, because, you know, we, we're in this setting, this mindset, again, that the church has been deceived, that if we do anything that confronts or challenges or disagrees, that we're not loving. We've missed some things. Okay. Now, verse 44. <laughs> this guy starts off. You belong to your father, the devil. Got my attention. Yeah, I, I don't want to be there. Everybody with me? Okay, thank you for those 15%. You belong <laughs> to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. Wow. These were religious people. Talk about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. Very thing that happened. All right, let's watch this. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. Wow. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Okay? So we need to understand this. If Satan's lips are moving, he's lying. His native language is lying. Not only is he a liar, the Bible says he's the father of lies, which means he originated lying. He invented lying. It was something he devised to stop God's plan in your life. He's the father of lies. Okay? Now, father means, in this word here, is originator, procreator, the one who begins a line or series of those who follow him and are like him. So he's the father of lies. He's released that into our world. The Bible says he's the devil. He, he says, it calls him the devil here. Let's look at it. You belong to your father, the devil. The word devil, do you know the explanation the, uh, or, or the uh, the identification of that word, the meaning of devil, is simply this, slanderer and accuser. That's devil. That's the meaning. That's the definition of the word used to describe him. He's a slanderer and he is an accuser. Let's go to Revelation 12.10. I just want to lay some groundwork for you uh, as I begin to teach you some things that I believe are going to set men and women free. It's time you take back your identity. Can somebody say amen to that? It's time the church stops operating under the lies of the devil and starts living under the truth of God's word. Amen. How many are willing to get some strong truth to get freedom operating in your life? See, a real pastor, somebody really loves you, is not going to tell you everything you do is okay. I'm going to, in truth, in love, tell you the truth so you can get to the place you want to be in your life. Amen. Amen. So, so let's look at this. Revelation 12.10. We're seeing who Satan is. The father of all lies. There's no truth in him. 
And, and, and we see his title. The definition of devil is accuser, slanderer. Revelation 12.10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. Watch this. For the accuser of our brothers, Satan. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Can you say amen to that? He's been defeated, but his job, his assignment, what he loves to do is accuse and slander and lie and even try to go to God and accuse the family of God. But he's been cast down. There's victory over these things. What I want you to understand is that, uh, first of all, there has to be truth before there can be a lie. Everybody with me? There has to be an original before there can be a counterfeit. And if the devil is a liar, if the devil is a counterfeiter, if what he says is not true, then there is truth. We struggle in our culture today. It's one of the greatest challenges. People do not want to acknowledge there is truth. And there is absolute truth. It is, it is, a, it is the effect of the incessant lying of Satan. It is the result of the attrition of truth to believe there's no truth. And without truth, without a mark, without a standard, without the word of God, how will we identify that which is counterfeit? So we we understand that. So these two kingdoms, lying, falsehood, Satan, and the kingdom of God, truth and power and freedom clash at a place in your life and mine. Because we are not immune from hearing the whispers of Satan. We are not immune from hearing the lies of our culture. We are not in heaven yet. But he is with us on this earth. So we hear this information. We are bombarded with this whisper of hell. And someplace in your life, what Satan wants to say and what God says meets Do you know where that place is? It's in your mind. Since Satan cannot control or possess the spirit of a born-again Christian, how many can say hallelujah to that? I want to say that again. Satan cannot control or possess the spirit of a born-again Christian. And so he cannot defeat you there. The attack is in your mind, your will, your thoughts, your emotions. Is the battleground for the lies of Satan... And the truth of God to me. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. Again, I'm laying some groundwork. Is it okay for me to lay some groundwork? I'm teaching you so I can help you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. Which one we got first? The King James translation. I want to, uh, there's a couple of words I like in this translation I want you to see. For though we walk in the flesh, now I'm going to read in a moment, says, for though we live in the world, okay? For though we walk in the flesh, though we live in the world, we do not war after the flesh. I'll read it from the NIV. We don't fight our battle with fleshly weapons. Okay? Next verse. For though we live for for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. See, there's a conflict. Two kingdoms battling for the control of your life. But the good news for us is that our weapons are not carnal or limited to human ability. But they are mighty how? Through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I wanted this translation because of that word there. Strongholds. 
A stronghold is a pattern of thinking that has been developed over a long period of time by a constant process. A stronghold. A Christian can have a stronghold in their mind. You can be born again, love Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, and live with a stronghold in your mind. A stronghold operates like this. Somewhere we accepted a lie as truth. It began to shape our perspective of life. And every conversation we're in runs its filter through that stronghold. And things are said to us that don't even mean how we took them. But because we have a stronghold, those thoughts and words directly run to that place. We look at that in every way. We, we see that. You, you come to church and somebody really didn't see you. Your friend said in that section, you said in this section, and, and, and they didn't see you. They didn't know you were here. And you leave and drive home and you go, I knew it. I knew it. I thought they were my friend. They didn't even talk to me. Didn't say hello to me. I came to church and needed prayer today. And they just ignored me. They didn't ignore you. They didn't see you. There's nothing wrong with them. But you're looking at life through a filter. That is the process of satanic lie. That has told you, you don't matter. No one loves you. You're not going to make it. There's no one on your side. There's something wrong with you. You're a victim. You're a martyr. You're limited. And we look at everything that happens. What happens? Things that shouldn't belong in that category end up in that category because they're a stronghold. Everybody with me? The lies have created a stronghold. And we throw everything there. Let's go to verse 5. So what do we do? Casting down imaginations. You don't have to believe the lies. How do I identify the lie? How do I know if it's a lie? I'm glad you asked. I feel like Vanna White right here. How do I know it's a lie? Because it disagrees with the Word of God. Well, how do I know the Word of God? Read it. (laughs) Memorize it. Meditate on it day and night. Casting down imagination. Just because I think it, just because he says it, just because I heard it, doesn't mean it's true. Doesn't mean I have to accept it. I can cast it down. I can say, back to the previous thing, I go to church, my friend didn't see me, I get in the car, and the devil says, see that nobody loves you at that church? That's the most unfriendly church in the world? They don't care about you. You thought you have a friend. And you say, that's ridiculous. They didn't see me today. They're my friend. And instead of you going home and sitting down and, you know, cowing down like that, you call them and say, hey, how are you doing? I miss seeing you today. I wanted to call you up and make sure you're doing all right. You cast down the imagination because you have the word of God. And not only that, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. A stronghold will build a wall in your mind, are you with me, that causes, that is a high thing that does what? Lifts itself up against the knowledge of God. If you live on the dark side of the stronghold, you don't see the wisdom of God. You don't know the knowledge of God. The good news is the power of God can tear the stronghold down so the wisdom of God can come in and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We need to take some disobedient thoughts and make them obedient to the things of God. Nobody can do that for me, but God empowers us to do that. 
See the power of lies? Now let's look at it in the NIV. For though we live in the world, how many are living? We're in the world, okay? We do not wage war as the world does. All right. Somebody said, I didn't know there was a war. <laughs> then today's your alarm clock, all right? <laughs> you, you know why you're not at war? Because you're a POW, okay? Uh, Go ahead. Okay, the weapons we fight with. You're going to have to do something. How many understand what I'm saying? Why am I teaching this series? So we get some weapons here. So we get some backbone here. Come on. So we stop living like we already lost here. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Understand that. You and I will not win this battle with the lies of Satan with any source of human ability. They're not of this world. If we try to win that battle without God, we lose. On the contrary, our weapons have divine power to do what? Demolish strongholds. Demolish them. Not paint them and put the picture of grandma on it and act like they're not there. They tear them down. Verse 5. We demolish arguments. And every pretension, we take captive the thoughts and imagination. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. See, imaginations are not true things. They're, they're thoughts. They're lies. They're imagination. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Satan is lying, but we have the truth of God. We have divine power with the weapons of God to take these things captive. Is it so... Where, 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 where are our imaginations and our thoughts? Where does that happen? In our mind. It's the battleground. It's where the lies of Satan and the truth of God come together. Aren't you thankful that his word is truth? It's been proven. Anybody prove the word of God true? It is certain. It is unchanging. It's the same in every situation. We don't have to edit the Bible, make an addendum to the Bible, change the Bible. The Word of God works in every situation. Now, I want you to see this. In that same chapter, John 8, where Jesus said, Satan, the devil, the accuser, the slanderer, is the father of all lies. He made this statement in John 8, 32. This is why Satan lies so much. John 8, 32 tells us this. It says this, you, are you ready? Come on. John 8, 32. You will know what? And the truth will do what? See, there's the whole bottom line. Why does Satan always choose lying first? Because truth is the one thing that will set you free. Truth will release you from the lies, from the strongholds, from the bondage, from the fears, from the depression, from the rejection, from the insecurity, to the defeatism, the martyrism, the victimism. It rescues you out of that. That's why. Satan always attacks truth. That's why his first choice is for you to believe a lie. Because if I believe a lie, I am separated from the power that sets me free. Truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Think of this. What does God's Word, what does truth produce in your life? It produces safety, protection. The Word of God brings wisdom in your life. The Word of God releases blessing in your life. The Word of God brings health in your life. The Word of God brings provision in your life. 
The Word of God brings salvation. The Word of God brings freedom. The truth is a mighty weapon God has given us. But if that's what truth does for us, what do lies do for us? You need to understand that. Because lies are the opposite of truth. And if truth brings salvation and freedom and blessing and health and provision and wisdom and knowledge and protection, then what do lies bring? Well, lies will bring, uh, will bring darkness and crime and death and foolishness and, and stealing and sickness and lack and bondage. Truth or life? Truth or lies? Which way do we go? Which one do we allow our life to look under? Let's go to John, um, excuse me, Genesis chapter 3. So let's, let's catch the devil in his act. Let's catch him red-handed. Genesis 3. I'll, I'll, I'll work on this a bit, then we'll, we'll take another, another lie next week. <clears throat> Genesis 3. His first lies, here they are. His first strategy to steal, kill, and destroy. The first thing he chose to do to separate man from God were lies. And here they are right here. And it's fascinating that these lies have not changed. The same lies he told in the beginning, he tells right now. Do you know why? Because they keep working. (laughs) Because they keep working. Because the people of God accept them, live with them, deal with them, instead of recognize them and demolish them with his power. So let's look at this. Here we are in the Garden of Eden. People always say, you know, what did God create? Here it is, a beautiful place for man and woman to live together to walk in the presence of God, no crime, no sickness, no death, none of those things. Those all came after sin entered in. So here we are, chapter 3 of Genesis, verse 1. Now the serpent, where you see that Satan had been cast down from heaven, and now he's coming in the form of a serpent, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, now watch this, before he told a lie, he asked a question. It's called the scheme of the question. Are you with me? The scheme of the question. He wasn't asking for information. (laughs) He was trying to begin a path. There's some people in your life, there's some situations in your life that are going to try to throw the scheme of the question at you. So what do you say? He says, uh, he he says Eve, or, you know, we could say, yo, Eve, or however he came at her, you know. He says, hey, girl, did God really say... See that? Did God... Eve. See, that's what they do you. Uh, you, you really go to church? Do you, do, you, do you really believe the Bible? Really believe the Bible? You, do you really think that works? 2022? 20, really? You, you really believe that? He didn't change this one. I just, I'm just asking. <laughs> Scheme of the question. You know, do you... You really believe that? You really trust your husband? You you really trust your wife? You you really think the Bible is truth? Do you really? Oh, I'm just asking. Okay. Well, I'm just answering. I believe. <laughs> you got to answer. Okay, so watch it. Did God really say? See, he twisted it. You must not eat fruit from any tree in the garden. Is that what God said? Watch her, verse 2. The woman said to the servant, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you'll die. So he says, I just want to know, is this what he said? And, and, And she clearly knew what God said, right? She clearly knew. She answered him. She said, God said, 
we can eat from any of these trees, but not that one. It's very clear. I want to help you with something. Every no, in O, in Scripture, every don't go there in Scripture is there for a reason. And your benefit is what God has in mind. Anytime God says that's not for you, there's a reason for that. Okay? See, every off limits, every place God's word says that's off limits. Listen to me. It's a safety net. It is a guardrail that, that, that is uh, uh, protecting us. Listen to me. From the consequences and the counterfeits of believing the lies of Satan. Did you hear what I said? Every time the Bible says, that's off limits. Don't go there. That's not good. Please listen to me. Every time there's a reason and your best is why God said it. It's, it's keeping you from the consequences of believing a lie. It's keeping you from the counterfeits of believing the lie. See, how many times oh, have I seen people, have I heard people, have they come to me with tears and said, Pastor, I thought this is what I wanted. I went after this. And once I got it, I wish I didn't have it. Pastor, I knew this wasn't what God wanted me to do. You know, it's, that, it's that little three-letter word, but. I know what the word says, but. I know what's the right thing, but. And every time we go where the word says, that's not good for you. Every time we go on over there to the off-limits place and step over the guardrail and around the safety net and do what we wanted to do, we recognize, I wish I hadn't gone there. The consequences of going to the places that aren't good for you are going to find you every time. The sowing and reaping principle is still real in our world today. The counterfeits. See, that's, he's keeping you from the counterfeit. Satan will tell you, you don't need to trust God. Here's a short-term solution. It's a counterfeit solution. Every drug addiction is not because somebody was born to be an addict. Yes, I said that. It's not because your genetic makeup is off kilter. It's because we took a short-term solution to a long-term problem and the addiction grabbed hold of our lives. It's the consequences of the counterfeit. Every time you think, well, I'm lonely. I've got to get married. I'm, I'm just going to take the first one that comes by. The consequences of the counterfeit will rob you of the blessings of God in your life. You see, when God says, don't touch that tree, there's a reason you don't touch the tree. If you look around, you got the rest of the garden. He's a good God. He's a blessing God. But we are kind of stubborn, rebellious children. Here's the whole garden, and there's one tree, and we walk up to it. You got all the garden, baby. But I'm going to stand at the one tree. Why can't I have this one? All right. Any good parent understands this process. Any good parent. If you love your children, you learn how to say no. If you haven't told them no, you don't love them. If somebody hasn't told you no, they don't love you. See, because a loving parent says, I know you want to do this, but I love you too much to let you. I'm 12 years old and I want to drive the car. No. No. But little Johnny did. I don't give a flying rip what little Johnny did. 
you're my kid and you're not going to drive the car right now. See, as parents, you've got to decide when you want your teenagers to like you, now or later. They're not going to like you now when you say no. But someday they're going to come back around and say, thank you. I was a knucklehead. You saved my life. I appreciate that. So you want to have teenagers for friends or adults for friends. You're going to have to make some choices. See, these young boys and girls that are struggling, these little children that, that say they don't know their gender, the confusion's not in the children. The confusion's in their parent. The parent doesn't have enough truth to be able to lead them in the right direction. It's not the children's fault. It's mom and dad's fault. When in the world are you to say, we're just going to let them choose? You don't let them choose anything else. Why you let them choose that? Because if you listen to the lie long enough, you start having a perception of life and you think that's the way it's supposed to work. Thank God he loves us enough to say, that's going to hurt you over there. Trust me, you got the whole garden. You got everything ever dream of. If you ate from the tree every day, a different tree, Adam and Eve, you never run out. Just don't mess with that one. Just the wisdom of God. The scheme of the question. So here's the first lie. You ready? Verse 4. Here's the first lie we read Satan telling in Scripture. Right there for us. Verse 4. So he says, what did God really say? She said, we can eat from all the trees except that one. And what does he say to her? You will not surely die. You know, the first lie Satan ever told, listen to me, is that there's no consequence for disobeying God. First lie. First lie ever told. Do what you want to do. God's not going to bother you. You're not going to die. She just told him. We did. It's over. He said, now, you're good. The first lie. Everybody with me? There are no consequences for disobedience. Really? Well, let's look at what happened over the next few months for Adam and Eve. How'd that work for them? Well, they lost their home, (laughs) separated from the presence of God. One boy kills the other. Thorns grow up when he's trying to plant crops. It's a bad day. It's a bad day. You know, sometimes you want to tell folks, I believe he told you, don't touch that. I believe there's a reason he said, don't go there. But the devil always says, I'll go ahead and do it. His first lie. There's no consequences for disobedience. There's no consequences. Now listen, listen to me clear, clearly. You and I do not earn our salvation. We do not pay for our salvation. Jesus did that on the cross. It's called grace. It's called blessing. It's called mercy. But what I'm talking about is not what you're doing to become a Christian. I'm talking about how you live as a Christian. See, hear me closely. You you want to get this. This isn't about legalism. It's about how you choose to live your life. See, there's a lot of folks and a lot of teaching, a lot of places, and I'm no smarter than anybody else, nor holier than anybody else. That's not what I'm trying to say to you. But I know what this word says. I'm going to stick to it. And I love you enough to tell you the truth. So this, this thing of disobedience, there's no consequence for disobedience. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. There always is. You said, well, am am I still a Christian? Well, let me ask you this. How do you want to live your Christian life? Just under mercy or under the blessing and the favor of God? You understand? A lot of people are taking mercy and misunderstanding it for approval. You're running around here doing what you want to do. He said, Jesus loves me. He loves the sinners. He loves everybody. 
But if we accept him as our savior, we begin to walk in the truth. And the truth begins to set me free. And so if I start living in lies, I start becoming bound. I start living in a place where I may be under mercy, but I'm not under blessing. I'm not under favor. I'm not under anointing. I'm not under the riches that God wants to put in my life. And so we have to begin to look and say, are there consequences for disobeying God? Yes, there are. Now, listen to this next slide. So the next thing he tells her, verse 5, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God. Oh, there's, there's the biggie. You know what the second lie? The first lie is there's no consequence for disobedience. The second lie he ever told anyone to separate them from God is this. You can be your own God. You can write your own rules. Nobody's the boss of me. I can do what I want. See, we live in a culture today of no absolute truth. And it's damaging people. It's wrecking marriages and families and all the plans God would have for us. That, that I can be God, that I can play God, that there is no absolute truth. See, you, we hear these sayings all the time. Well, what's wrong for you may not be wrong for me. Well, if you and I are the standard, that's a true statement. But if there is truth and God's word is truth, then that's how we make that decision. Is anybody with me? We have people all the time, Christians are back down in these corners, and I hear them say, well, who am I to say? It's not what you say. It's not what I say. It's what God said. When did you and I ever become the issue? It's not what I said. It's not what I think. You don't need to know what I think. You don't need to know what I say. You need to know what God said. We need to come here and find ourselves rooted in the Word of God. That's how we make our choices. That's how we live this life. We begin to make a decision. I'm not going to be one of those that goes to heaven by the mercy of God. I'm going to go there under the blessing of God, under the favor of God, under the anointing of God. I'm going to go to heaven and I want to find out I lived out my destiny. I lived out my purpose. I had an effect on this world. It wasn't just about me and what was convenient for me. It was that God is in me, living through me, making a difference in the world. I want to live under blessing and truth and the anointing and the favor of God. So I'm not God. He's God. It's a lie that you can be your own God. It's a lie that those strategies will work. Let me read the process to you. It is spelled out in Scripture very vividly. Romans chapter 1. Turn there with me in verse 19. Now, hold on. I'm about to bring it around. If you leave now, you're going to go, wow, that was tough. It's going to get better. Romans chapter 1, okay? Romans 1. I've got to give you the medicine before I can make you well. Romans 1. Let's go to verse 19. Remember this. Eve knew what was true. She repeated it back. This is what God said. The devil said there's no consequence for that, for disobedience. The devil told her, hey, Eve, God's holding out on you. You can be your own God. Now, that works for a lot of people because they deal with their guilt and shame that way. Well, it's not wrong. Who are you to tell me what's wrong? You know, it's so sad. Who can tell me? Well, we're not talking about man to man. We're talking about the word of God. And that word is a blessing to us. It is a direction to us. It is what allows us to know to make the right choices. But if we believe the lie that there's no consequence for disobedience, if we believe the lie that I can be my own God, what is the result of that? It's right here in Romans 1.19. Watch this. Since what may be known about God is plain to them. Did you get that? There is an innate sense in the human being that they're not God. Atheism is a lie. It's an attempt to live within my own God world without acknowledging who he is. And it goes from there. 
So since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Isn't it interesting, one of the great challenges of Darwin and others as such, which, of course, you know he renounced his theory before he died. Why is creation such an attack and a flashpoint? Because it is the very confirmation that there is a God, that there is creation, that there is order in the universe, that these theories really don't match up as our technology continues to develop. Verse 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Watch what happens when you believe the lie. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened, stronghold. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. The fruit of lying is fools. And exchanged, made a deal, willingly exchanged the glory of of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Made their own gods. See, if I build an idol, I'm greater than the idol. Right. Right. See, if I worship what I made, I'm God. Right. You can be God, Eve. Verse 24. What happened? What happened? Therefore, God gave them over. Are there consequences of disobedience? Yes. God didn't slap them down. He says, do your thing. Yeah. Do your thing. I tried to stop you. I put up the safety net. I gave you my word. I warned you to do this. I gave you good things in place of the counterfeit. But if you keep going, I got to back up someday. There comes a day when I say, do your thing. Okay? Therefore, God gave them over. He just said, I got to take my hand off. In the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. See, but it doesn't stop there. It keeps going. They exchanged. See, truth for a lie. Accepted it. What happens when you do that? And worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever prayed. Now watch this. Because of this, what's the consequence of that? It's no big deal. Let's read. Because of this, God gave them over. Again, he said, I can't stop you if that's what you choose to do. It gave you a free will. God gave them over in these believing the lies to what? To shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. It's the word of God. That's how we got here. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Now, you can say, well, I'm not, I pass a couple, please. You know, I thought I'm coming to church and now we're going to PG-13 here, boarding on R. I'm not into that. Well, they weren't either in the beginning. <laughs> That's not where they started. That's where they ended up. That's where I, I, I stepped over the guardrail. I don't need God. I don't need that word. Come on. I'm a grown man. It's 2022. I mean, you know, I, I, I can do what I need to do. I'm smart. I'm educated. I'm intelligent. I have a job. I have money. I have a house. I have influence. Who am I? Don't, I don't need this. That's fine. Take his hand off. Gave you over. Do what you got to do. Hopefully you're going to hit bottom before it's too late. Okay. It's not where they started. 
Well, I, I, I'm not part of that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Where do you, where do you start and how do you end there? How close are you? I don't know. Verse 28, furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, third time, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become, watch this, filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder. We, we kind of get the amen on the transgender and the homosexual at church. But now, well... Now I'm going to keep reading the list. And the amens shall now cease. Wickedness, evil, greed, depravity, envy, murder, envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips. Facebook has unleashed and Instagram and TikTok and Reels and stuff I don't know about. There are more gossip in the world today than there's ever been. Gossip is talking about something you don't know about and it's saying things that aren't true with an evil intent. Now, in church, they do it like this. Now, I know we're not supposed to talk about this. But it's just a prayer request. It's kind of like in the South, you know, you can say, bless their heart, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's an ugly baby. Bless his heart, and everything, but it's fine. <laughs> See, in church, you just go, I just told you so we could pray. Okay. Let's keep reading. Slanderers, God-haters. We're in the same category. Insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. Senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know, like Eve did, God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death. See, it didn't change. We read it, and here it is, the light's still working. Uh, they continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. It is a picture of Western culture today. Now, I got some good news for us, all right? God has a better plan for you than that. And the reason that there is truth is so that those lies won't drag you in that place. And if I begin to trust in my God and believe him and find the faith and the courage and hope to say right now it might be easier to do the wrong thing, but I'm going to do the right thing. Right now, it would be easier to give in to this moment, but I'm going to trust God. I'm going to do what God said. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, but I'm going to acknowledge him in all my ways, and he will direct my path. I'm willing to say it hurts to say yes to God right now, but I'm going to say yes. I'm willing to say I might go by myself, but I'm going to go because this is the word of God. It causes me to say this is the truth and only the truth is going to set me free. You're not going to set me free. A man's not going to set me free. A woman's not going to set me free. Your bank account's not going to set me free. What you think about me is not going to set me free. But the truth of the word of God will set me free. And I would rather be free 
by myself than be bound in a circle of bondage and life. I choose truth. And when you do, the mighty weapons of God that are powerful to tear down the strongholds of the lie will break into you and your mind comes open and clarity is there and you walk with the blessing of God in your life. Look at Ephesians 4.15 and I'm going to have to... Well, you know what? No, no, no. Go to Revelation 12.11. Turn there. I've only got time for one more, so let's go to this. Revelation 12.11. Remember we read in Revelation 12 a little earlier that Satan is the accuser of the brethren, that he had the audacity to walk to the throne of God and accuse him. Remember he did that over Job. Remember that? He said, "Job, God, Job just loves you because you're blessing we're going to have that. You've got to hear that message. I'm going to teach you that lie. That you only love him because he's been good. Oh, the devil is a liar. And he doesn't know who you are and what your faith is. But you see, there's a blessing. We have truth. Someone say truth. We have truth. And when Satan whispers the lie, truth sets us free. If, I'm going to read Revelation. If, if, but I'm going to quote Ephesians 4.15 says, Speaking the truth in love. You're going to have to speak the truth. When the lies roar against you, listen to me. You better open your mouth up. You better go to war. You better pull out the weapon. You better begin to say it. Don't just think it. Say it. Speak it. The word of God says. The word of God says. The word of God says. What did Jesus do in Luke chapter 4 when the devil tempted him? The word of God says. The word of God says. I'm speaking the word. Isaiah 55 verse 10 says, so is my word. God says, that goes out of my mouth. It will not come back to me empty, but will accomplish the purpose for which it is sent. When I say what he says, while the devil is lying, God says, I step between you and the lie. I will not let it come back void. If you say what I say, we'll shut the devil up. Do you know why the devil is so loud in your ears? Because you're not saying what God says in that situation. Speak it back in his face. Say it back at him. Listen, this may sound funny. You may need to train the devil a little better. What does that mean? It means you better train him that that lie doesn't work on you anymore. And the next time it comes back, I'm going to punch your lights out with the word of God. And you knock him down enough. You train him. Don't tell that lie anymore. Don't go back there anymore. When Jesus had said the word, the Bible says, and the devil left him for a more opportune time. In other words, the boy had been whipped and beat up. And the devil walked off kind of like this. I'll get you later, Jesus. It's about time he leaves your house like that. It's about time he gets off your family like that. It's about time the lies get off you like that. We need to show him that lie won't work with me anymore. And every time you bring it, I'm going to bring it. How do you overcome? Revelation 12, 11. How do we overcome? They overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb, stand up on your feet. I didn't say go, just stand up. Come on, stand up on your feet. How did they overcome him? They overcame him by what? The blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life so much to shrink from death. How do you overcome the lives of the devil? Listen to me. The word of your testimony. What's my testimony? What is it? Listen to me. What's my testimony? It's simply this. 
It's my testimony is this is what God did when I obeyed his word. My testimony is what worked for me the last time. And when you begin to do that, when you begin to say, you know what? I hear the lie that I'm going to fail and not succeed. But here's my testimony. God brought me through the valley of the shadow of death. He prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. There is no temptation taken me, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not let me be tempted above what I am able. But when the temptation comes, he's going to provide a way out for me. Greater is the one that is in me than the one that is in this world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The word of my testimony is I've been there and God brought me through. I've been there and he made a way. I was knocked down, but I got up. I was weeping, but joy came in the morning. Anybody got a testimony in this house? Testimony. A testimony. A testimony. This is who he is. This is what he does. He's faithful. The devil will lie because he's a liar. But God has truth. Truth overcomes lies. I gave you a foundation to see how this works. Now we're going to expose some lies going forward and set some people free. Amen. I want you to pray with me right now. Here we are standing in the presence of God. The enemy fears the word of God, the presence of God. You and I have an opportunity to make some decisions right now. I can let his lies become an excuse for me to fail. Or I can rise up in my faith right now and say no more in Jesus' name. You hear what I'm saying? The lie can become your excuse to fail. Or truth can begin to tear strongholds down today. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray in agreement with you. I can't pray it for you, but in agreement with you. I want to pray that everywhere you recognize, I may have a stronghold. I may have a pattern that's the result of the devil lying to me that needs to come down. I didn't say you don't love Jesus, that you don't love God. You're not a Christian. But we begin to recognize we're exposing his strategies. And I want to agree with you, if you're ready, for that stronghold to fall in the name of Jesus. And how do we keep it from coming back every time the imagination, every time the thought? We begin to say truth, 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 truth. So let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, the anointing is here to break every yoke and bondage. The weapons that are mighty through God are present to tear down the strongholds. And I agree with you today in the name of Jesus. That this place, Satan, has woven a stronghold in your mind. This thing that has lifted itself up against even the knowledge of God. This thing that controls your thoughts and holds you in bondage. And robs you of your peace and your joy. Separates you from your brothers and sisters in the family of God. It's a lie from the father of lies. And now in the name of Jesus. We release the name of Jesus. We release the blood of Jesus. We release the word of God. We release the power of the Holy Spirit. To go to that place and demolish the stronghold now. In the name of Jesus. Father cast it down. Break it, demolish it, 
clear the rubble out. Open up their eyes of their mind and spirit to see the things of God. I bind the religious thought. I bind the lies of the enemy. I bind the harm of dysfunction. I rebuke the residue of rejection. I come against the lies of Satan and lose life, freedom, healing in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for that right now. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.